What's going on, everybody? It's me, Tom, with another episode of Cannabis Legalization News. It's got big Delta 8 news. And then after that, there's some surprises out of Illinois. Uh, New England's got some surprises. We have a history and, of course, a name that strain. So here's hoping that you stick around throughout the whole thing. Remember, we're going to discuss the legal cannabis industry. One of the requirements is that you're 21. The other one is that you have silly Steve D'Angelo-esque ponytails. Miggy, what's up? Me, I am in La Paz, yeah. Mexico. La Paz, Mexico, and you're coming in clear, clearer than sometimes you do from uh, the studio that you have in Seattle. Right. I mean, even like my home connection sometimes is shittier. They got it pretty good. Well, hell, man, they got like four towers surrounding this hotel, so they better have four good signals. <laughs> wow, I had no idea they had so many towers. Hey, did you hear that uh, last week on May nineteenth they handed down a case? And by they, I mean. Where you're at, that's the Ninth Circuit. The West Coast is on the Ninth Circuit. They handed down a case that says Delta 8 from hemp is legal, uh, which is fascinating. So in May of 2022, the Ninth Circuit affirmed the district court's ruling that hemp-derived cannabinoids are compliant with only Delta 9 tetrahydrocannabinol, THC, are still hemp under the Farm Bill. The court applied the plain meaning of the definition of hemp under federal law and made a bright line regarding the democration of hemp and marijuana under federal law. That's the AK Futures uh, LLC versus Boyd Street Distro LLC. Technically, it was a case which was hilarious. So uh, AK Futures created a Delta 8 vape, and then they took that Delta 8 vape and they trademarked its name under federal law. But Boyd Street uh. Distro, they just straight up ripped them off. They just straight up ripped them off and started selling their own. They didn't even dispute that they counterfeited their stuff. Their defense was, yeah, but Delta 8's illegal. And then the, 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 the federal court said, no, it's not. So this means that uh, and they, they defined what hemp is very well as well. Now we have a, a federal court of appeals case regarding the interpretation of hemp from the 2018 Farm Bill, if, and then it says, provided that it's THC compliant, 0.3% dry weight basis or less, yeah. anything else is hemp. You know, it, it's it's just, it's fantastic. That's actually how it has turned out. And so uh, all, you know, tetrahydrocannabinols from hemp are also hemp. Uh, and, you know, the source rule, all that type of stuff, you know, it's it's neat in the sense that now you can get federal trademark protection for all your lesser cannabinoid hemp derived mm. products. And then not only yeah. that, what about seed lines? How about some, mm. some trademarks and some protection for the actual brands when it comes yeah. to your seed line? So it's like, oh, you can't get the marijuana uh, trademark because that's illegal. Yeah, but the seeds are hemp. So if you guys like that, don't forget mm. to smash price. Click subscribe and tune in to Cannabis Legalization News for all these wonderful little tidbits. I mean, you really are onto something, right? If someone wanted to make a case, they would reference this now as a because it's clearly now a what would you call it, like a statute, right? It's holding. It's it is an interpretation. The statute is what they were interpreting. And okay. So we have a new page over at cannabisindustrylawyer.com. Don't forget to go over there. If you need anything, you can click this little phone button right there. Uh, we put a copy of the case on this. This is you know Delta Eight THC from hemp is legal. Mm. And you can read the case. You know, it, it was a trademark infringement slash preliminary injunction that they were moving for because they straight up just stole it from them. It was 
something else, but uh, great news for hemp entrepreneurs out there. Yeah, Miggy is having a great time on vacation. <laughs> hey, everybody's on the hustle. I, they gotta respect it, right? Like, I mean, uh, I'm at this. We, I mean, everybody's on the hustle. So we, we, we had rent a car issues, but then some rent a car people helped us up. But now I got to go to a uh, one of those. Uh, uh, what do you call it when uh, you 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 spare you share lounge, uh, share space or whatever? Uh, An Uber? No, no, for like people on vacations. Oh, a hostel. Right, but like what, what if when, when families like rotate it and pay for uh, a timeshare. Timeshare, right? I gotta go one of these fucking things tomorrow or Saturday because people hooked us up. But then also, this woman just gave me a spa coupon for my wife that I'll give it to. And I mean, everything I'm grind. But uh, the the Delta Eight thing, though. I'm, so this is a federal ruling, though, right? So federally, yeah. statute, federal, federal. It's one layer below the Supreme Court. That's what came out. And so it's the Supreme Court, and then there's the uh, circuit courts. And so here in Illinois, Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. Out West Coast, Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Got you. You know what's horrible about this whole situation, too, though? Like, the fact that someone was so bold and, and be like, well, just because I'm in an illegal industry, you can't enforce a trademark or something like that. Like, the, the Kellogg's issue that happened, you know, with in THC. You know, it's unfortunate that people feel emboldened to, like, get into an illegal industry and think that just because... Uh, they know they're doing the wrong thing. They can get away with it because it's still frowned upon quote unquote, you know, business, which is bullshit. That's right, man. But it's a great opinion. If you want to read it, head on over to our website, cannabis industry lawyer. We created a new page about it, a new blog post. And so you go to our main page, you'll see it right down there in the bottom. And of course, if you need any help, we have a new landing page funnel that we've just launched, Uh, but it's down there in our blogs, which is, down there it's a big deal legal yeah it is and then you can also see if your team's qualified to get into the industry um at cannabisindustrylawyer.com but that was that was the big news story of the week uh last week where that came out and it's something that you know there's regulatory authority there's the interpretation of the administration regarding it like from the dea or from the fda or something and then there's the third branch of government, the judiciary, and they're like, no bitch, plain meaning. It's all hemp, you know? And I'm like, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. And so, uh, and of course, I don't mean to be completely glib on the matter, but that's really kind of what they said. And then think about it. Think about the plant that we love. How often is most of it hemp? I got a, a stud in my um, grow tent downstairs harvesting pollen from it. Hmm. That THC compliant? It could be. You know, because males don't really make the uh, the THC. That's the female's uh, job. Yeah. Well, and then also, too, like industrial. Like, you know, we, we, we focus so much on the, the like, wellness portion of the, like, the plant, like CBD, CBDN, the, the, the uh, personal adjustment part of it. But we forget about the, the use for paper, use for cotton, use for oil. Like, it, it can do so many things, but the reason why it hasn't been done is because it's not lucrative yet those other monopolies have made it so it's not profitable yet that's right uh, but then they do have some profitability at least now until it's federally legal but then it's you know when it's federally legal hold out states like indiana and iowa and idaho you know alabama they still might be dragging their their heels but we got some trending news out of mississippi
Hey, everybody. Cannabis Industry Lawyer Tom Howard here. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Cannabis Industry Lawyer. And we are going to talk about Mississippi. It is so hot right now. And uh, Mississippi, their business owners, they've learned what's going to be coming in the new rules. This came out last week. They're supposed to June 2nd. They say that it's going to open. I'm not sure. I'm not really all that confident that it's going to be on June 2nd, but perhaps because why would they give us the information and the regulations just days before they start taking the applications? While I pull up our new thing, when we can go over these regulations, I'm going to bring on Miggy real quick. Oh, Miggy. Miggy. Oh, no. He's frozen, which is just a bummer. I, uh, I, I didn't think that he was going to get frozen out on that. That's too bad. But uh, hopefully he'll be able to come back. And we'll just go to... The specifics of the matter. And so in Mississippi, let's talk about how you get a cannabis dispensary license there. We have to go. And then again, you can fill that out. That is not a, a bug. That is a feature so that teams can fill it out. But we have uh, information regarding it. And, and let's go over what is in the actual application. This type of stuff in the regulations, they came out uh, just last week. And so now here they are. And if you need uh, any help, applying for your dispensary license in Mississippi, you know where to go. Anyway, so the medical cannabis dispensary license requirements, legal name, that's easy. Sales tax permit number, you better start getting those things in order. Proof that the main interest ain't, and this is nice because sometimes they say there's distance requirements and this one moves the distance requirements for your Mississippi cannabis uh, uh, dispensary application to a very specific thing from the main entrance, not from like the border of your uh, piece of real estate, but from the main entrance. And uh, it can't be uh, within a thousand feet of a property line of a school, church or child daycare facility. Uh, no medical cannabis dispensary can be located within 1,500 feet radius from the main point of entry from the main point of another medical cannabis dispensary, which means, oh, is that going to be an open market in Mississippi? Let's hope so. Smash them likes and click subscribe, of course, for the open market in, in any cannabis uh, regulatory rubric that's out there. Okay, let's let's keep going down the list. There's a lot of familiar names that you see on these lists. Most of the applications do require zoning. Sworn statement certifying that zoning is compliant with the restrictions, proof of local license registration, if required by the city, list of all owners. Very often, it's not just a list of all owners. They want an org chart. Uh, list of all professional licenses each member has. You know, that's good. Maybe you got some doctors. That's a medical license or some lawyers. It's a law license. Those are good licenses to have, by the way. Uh, I, I like having a law license. It's nice. I don't have a medical license cannabis licenses I've seen, but never gotten a chance to apply for. Uh, acknowledgement of waiver of authorization to release information. Yeah, that does happen. Diagram of the license premises very often. Oh, we're going to have to have Tony, Tony from uh, Sapphire Security on security plans and then operations plan as well. How to prove Mississippi residency. Well, you got to be a Mississippi resident. So there might be a dormant commerce clause challenge in the future. We'll see does say three years preceding the application. So you had to have resided in Mississippi for three years. Here's some interesting information on the taxes. Cultivation subject to 5% excise tax. Uh, cannabis dispensaries will charge the standard 7% sales tax. And then special tax levies in the cities of Jackson and Tupelo. I bet there'll be some other special tax levies in the future. And we already went over the distance requirements. And then renewal. And then that's, let's see, can you hire a consultant? Yeah, probably. Uh, it's going to be a lot of back and forth. And then you do need 
this operations plan, I bet that's going to be uh, a lot. And then the security plan, that will probably be like 50 pages or so. So that's probably 100 pages right there. And then a diagram. So you have to get your uh, architect involved. Uh, other stuff, you know, you would have to just uh, set up your company, how you need to set up your company. But uh, it's kind of what we do. We help people out with all those types of things. Uh, and that was fascinating news. And I didn't think they were going to actually do it out of uh, Mississippi simply because it takes so long to get these. And then they just drop the regulations on you. And so those regulations, of course, they're going to have aspects regarding your operations for each particular thing. And then you have to draft uh, a compliant application. So get in touch with us if you want help with that. And now stocks. Ooh, I thought this was like that. Verano announces its first quarter 2022 financial resorts. Uh, of course, Verano is a uh, MSO headquartered out of Chicago, where a lot of them are. And they uh, are also traded. Let's kind of zoom in a little bit so you can see this. They are traded on the CSE and then they are traded OTCQX. And that is the over the counter. And so the, the trading happens actually in Canada and then it's modulated uh, over the counter. So they kind of match and they report a revenue increase of 67% to $202 million. Uh, for comparison, Apple uh, probably did $35 billion this quarter. Uh, but, you know, technology isn't weed. And a gross profit of $100 million or 49% revenue. Let's see if it actually made a profit. Uh, revenue was $54 million in the first quarter of 2024. So it, it basically doubled revenue over year over year. Uh, M&A has uh, been going forward. That's one of their acquisition uh, mantras to get into new markets. Gross margin was 61%. Pretty good. Uh, let's see. SG&A was 80 million or 40% of revenue. So now you can see that uh, that that percentage of profits is now getting eroded. Uh, and net loss for the first quarter was $7 million. Uh, so revenue's up. But just much like an Amazon style, they're, they're a growth story. And as a result, they had a small loss of $7 million, but they made $202 million of cash flow. They're going to make more cash flow next time. And this is, you know, the JP Morgan-esque uh, oil baron style where you're losing like a penny a year. And so you can just keep growing and growing. Uh, eventually, shareholders will want profits uh, to be returned to them as opposed to losses. Uh, Sometimes investors, they kind of prefer that loss because you're getting, um, uh, what do they call that when things go up, a, not appraisal, but you're getting a, a creation of additional wealth because the value of your stock is going up in price. So you're not necessarily getting dividends or anything out of the business, but uh, your stock holdings value is uh, increasing, except uh, don't look at the actual traded value. They haven't been going up. They've actually gone down about 60, 70%. How's it trading right now? I wonder, is that even, is it even in stocks are up? Oh, there we go. Uh, it's, it's right there. You can't even see it. So I'm going to blow it up a little bit more. Uh, Verano is, you can get it right now. It's trading at, uh, it's off by 2.3%. So it's down 17 cents. You can pick up a share right now for seven whole dollars. And I'm not sure if I called Verano GTI in that bit. That does happen. Where am I on time? Oh boy. Good thing. Good thing for that. And if you guys have any stock questions or tips or whatever, go ahead and follow me over at Instagram. Uh, and I'm going to move into the next story uh, as it's something that I really enjoy. But um, 
first, I'm just going to hit the 420 somewhere. I, I realize it's a couple minutes early, but I'm by myself. Oh, there it is. It's 420 somewhere, everybody. Mm. Well, wasn't that fun? Didn't we have a good time? Wasn't that brought to you by Collateral Base? You know it was. We're back. We're open for business. And uh, this is something that you guys need to go check out. We're having a webinar to, to launch this. Uh, and it's coming up on June 2nd. It is called How to Start and Run Your Cannabis Company. There's a lot of exciting things inside of that uh, login for our uh, outside general counsel clients, that we call them. They're also our consulting clients. They're on retainer. Uh, and there's so many different places in that. Um, it's a hybrid legal Zoom type thing. Uh, so if you want to learn more about that, please go on over to collateralbase.com or go over to cannabisindustrylawyer.com. There are buttons that will lead to a landing page that will take you where you can log in and start building uh, your company up, take on your uh, investors, document everything, and then uh, document everything. And then once you've actually gotten your license, start running your company, uh, perhaps taking on more investors, exiting investors, uh, selling the company eventually, the whole cor corporate life cycle. And with that, let's get into some bad news that happened out of um, uh, New England this week. I was not the biggest fan of it. I thought it was, uh, it was, it was a little bit of this. So uh, Delaware's Democratic governor vetoed the legalization bill, but lawmakers have the votes to overwrite it. This is coming to us out of the marijuana moment. They have his statement down here. Let's go ahead and, and read his little quotes that he provided to justify his veto. The governor said that he supports allowing people to access cannabis for medical purposes and feels that, quote, individuals should not be imprisoned solely for the possession and private use of a small amount of marijuana. But he does not believe that Delaware should go beyond its current policies. I do not believe that promoting or expanding the use of recreational marijuana is in the best interest of the state of Delaware, especially our young people. Questions about the long term health impacts and economic impacts of recreational marijuana use, as well as serious law enforcement concerns, remained unresolved. Talk about being out of touch, you know, questions about the long-term health and economic impacts. Uh, again, we've been using this plant for thousands of years. Uh, many of the long-term impacts can be studied by getting uh, Snoop Dogg. Nope, Snoop Dogg's not old enough. Let's get um, uh, Dr. Meachlam. I think he's in his 90s. Um, and then you have Willie Nelson. I believe he is 88 or 89. And then you also have um, uh, Tommy Chong, mid-80s. So people can have a long, prosperous life by using cannabis. Uh, and then the serious law enforcement concerns, what, you, you want people just to be arresting people for a plant? That's what you're, the law enforcement concern that you have is they aren't arresting enough people like for, for cannabis? What? Uh, I, I don't understand uh, where this um, theory is coming from that promoting and expanding the use of recreational is in the best interest of the state of Delaware. Uh, what? You know, uh, it, it you mean that continuing to arrest people for this plant uh, is in the best interest of the state to continue being criminalized, to continue lying to our people about, you know, well, this is legal. 
if you're 18, you can go buy a pack of cigarettes. I think they've actually raised that to 21. Well, same with alcohol. You can go buy alcohol. But you can't, you're not going to give the, the, the adults of Delaware the right and the ability to go and buy a different good that is that has been demonstrated through numerous of these studies, which I just don't think you're looking at. Uh, what's the name of the governor? I don't even know. Governor John Carney. Fitting name. Uh, it's not all bad news in uh, New England. There is some good news in New England, right in its own back door. Uh Rhode Island marijuana legalization is heading to the governor following Senate and House passage. This is from just a couple of hours ago. Again, from Marijuana Moment, who does all of the reporting on uh, cannabis legalization. So to go support them, they need you to join their Patreon. So again, go join their Patreon and then get a cannabis license and give them more money. But uh, let's let's go over this article a little bit. Uh, so the Rhode Island bill, and they've, they've passed it, and the Senate has a, a passed it as well. And then again, identical bills. And so there's no reconciliation process that we need to sit through. It can now go to the, the governor. That's Governor Dan McKee. And I hope that he has not been talking to that John Carney over there because they're both Democrats and they're both governors in New England. So maybe. Uh, now, lawmakers in both chambers unra- unveiled a revised version of the bill. Let's see. They, they, they passed. That's nice. Adults. Adults are allowed to grow up to six plants, three of which can be mature for personal use. So you can have them in rotation. Uh, frankly, no bill could do that, he said. A solid platform for the launch legalization through the organization. Not going to plead by anyone or meet everyone's needs. Let's let's look at the tweet. Assembly approves legal cannabis use. Bill headed to governor to be signed tomorrow. And that's great. Uh, Let's hope also that it calls for how is its licensing rubric looking Uh, households, 10 ounces at a household. That's nice. And it does allow for home grow. But what's its licensing look like? A total of 33 marijuana retailers. I don't like that. Now, granted, there's not all that many people in uh, in this state, but Whenever you have um, that, you're going, woof, look at this, 125,000 feet. And, and then the privilege to add to the sales. And out of the 24 standalone retailers, 25 need to go to social equity applicants. Of course, all the social equity applicants have $125,000 fee. Uh, and that's that actually kind of reminds me of uh, on June 13th, you can come out to Atlantic City and see me, cannabis industry lawyer Tom Howard, and the rest of the collateral based crew over at. Um, Harris Casino, we're going to be at a trade show in Jersey, uh, June 13th. So if you're out there in Jersey, don't forget to smash them likes and then comment preferably about these stupid pigtails. Oh, by the way, those will be gone. So hopefully you'll be able to recognize me without silly hair. Anyway, uh, that was fascinating. And I'm really, um, I'm, I'm encouraged by Rhode Island, but dismayed by Delaware. Isn't that how it goes? And now with that, Let's play everybody's favorite game. There it is. I've done it once again. This is what happens when you grow up under power lines. Your head becomes a giant nugget of marijuana. And again, uh, that is just a derisive term. I'm sorry. I've been doing some applications out of Massachusetts where they still literally call it that. Uh, at least from the regulations that I was reading that were effective in um, 2021. Anyway, uh, this is a a nice nugget. It's got some wonderful green undertones uh, and it's dark. And so that's a hint of it, you know, that darkness aspect of it. And let's see, how hybridized is this? It's probably a Kusher leaning hybrid. Uh, And so it's by in-house genetics. 
it's one of the trendy flowers from 2022. That uh, that's the breeder in-house genetics. They mixed a modern classic with a very hype flavor. Okay, cool. Uh, let's check the uh, the guesses to see what we got going on in here. Oh, somebody uh, somebody threw us something. There we go. We have uh, eight Dom in cannabis operations at Community College at SWIC. The former Illinois State Police professor has taught the classes told me that D8 is illegal in Illinois because any intoxicating cannabinoid is considered illegal. Well, uh, he's going to have to reckon with hurricane season over here because uh, the thing about that is uh, just because a police officer tells you his interpretation of the law doesn't mean that that police officer, A, has a law degree, B, is not knowledgeable about what he's talking about. Uh, but, you know, it, he may be wanting to get something from you. And so you need to explain to him that there is a case. And then you can actually read it on our uh, our website. And the case just came out. Again, that is a feature and not a bug. This is why people fill that form out. Uh, and, and I'm trying to move it back. But there it is. AK Futures. And let me see here. I'll just go like this. Yeah, you can kind of make it out now. But it's AK Futures versus Boyd Street Distro. You can go over to the website and read it. Uh, it's really good. And so like it gets really, really good right right down into, um, I love how they, it's the discussion. Okay, down that past the discussion, likely success in the merits. Ah, yeah, there it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move some stuff real quick. You know, just get rid of the, the name that strain for a moment. We'll leave his question up. But uh, right here, this is, this is great. And it says, the Farm Act, plain text. So they just, when engaging in statutory interpretation, we start where we always do, with the text. As we explain further, the plain and unambiguous fact of the Farm Act compels the conclusion that Delta 8 THC products before us are lawful. And that is the Delta 8 THC products derived from hemp because they also exempted the THC aspect in it. Let's go back to the holding. And so the relevant portion of the Farm Act removes hemp from the definition of marijuana in the Controlled Substances Act. Specifically, the term marijuana means all plants of the plant, cannabis, sativa, L, but does not include hemp. So through marijuana remains a Schedule One controlled substance, which is just terribly unfortunate. Hemp has now been removed from Schedule One. Likewise, Schedule One continues to list tetrahydrocannabinols. It now exempts tetrahydrocannabinols in hemp. Both of these sections reference the same statutory definition of hemp, and then they provide the actual definition of hemp. The term hemp means the plant cannabis sativa L and any part of the plant, including the seeds thereof. All derivatives, extracts, cannabinoids, isomers, acids, salts, salts of isomers, whether growing or not, with a delta-9 THC concentration of not more than 0.3% on a dry weight basis. That's what it says. And that's what the court said, too. It's great. But let's just go like this and see. Can we get a little, little magic here? Good. I'm a, a nugget of weed again. Now, the, the most important thing is that I, I turn off that comment so I can see if anybody has guessed it. Um, I'm going to go back to the show notes, which you guys can't read. Uh, so this is a, a Netflix and chill. This is a trendy 2022 strain. Um, did I get all the way down? Anybody? Anybody? No? Sour D? Please, Tom, read the super chat. Yeah, you got it. Um, okay. I got the super chat, bro. And... Uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's just say what it is. It is Black Cherry Punch. Netflix and chill with The Witcher all winter. This heady indica hybrid, the sweet citrus grape cherry dankness, punches with velvet glove, leaving you relaxed, happy, and tingly, by the way. That uh, feeling you are feeling is happy and tingly. 
Now, uh, key breeder in-house genetics mixed the modern classic symbiotic genetics purple punch with a very hyphy, and I'm sorry, hype flavor black cherry pie. It's not exotic per se, but still irresistible to everyone from the backyard grower to Oregon mega grower to Oklahoma medical farms to Bidwit Midwest East Coast legal grows at the press time. Anyone could tap into black cherry punch seeds on the Neptune seed bank. It's Zaza for the people. You could be picking up dog shit, and on this stuff, you'd be having the time of your life. One reviewer said, every inch of my body is burning, relaxed, and I feel like a huge Sour Patch kit. Yes, it may have psychoactive tendencies. Well, moving right along as the show goes, I, I think Miggy is, he's at, um, uh, he's, he's in Mexico at a bar having a great time. And so I'm trying to get this particular show note. It's a history of medical cannabis. Now I need to go back up to footnote 19. Footnote 19. Let's see. I'm on footnote 20, footnote 18. Where's footnote 19? It goes from footnote 18 to footnote 20. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do this um, this history then. Because I have the history here, and it just says history of mall toys. Yep. All right. Skipping that. Let's just go to some shit I was not expecting. Tune in next week for a history episode. Right now. What's happening, everybody? It's me, Cannabis Industry Lawyer Tom, with some stuff I was not expecting. Uh, It looks like the Illinois courts are going to actually award 185 cannabis dispensary licenses, maybe as early as Friday, May 27th, 2022. And so this is coming out of Axios in Chicago. Uh, Cook County uh, Court may remove the injunction that has kept 185 social equity cannabis retail licenses, conditional retail licenses from being awarded. And uh, why this matters, it says, Illinois set out to be the most socially equitable cannabis state uh, after legalizing weed in 2019. But almost three years later, the state has almost no operating minority-owned dispensaries. Uh, mostly because every single social equity dispensary has been in a holding pattern. This, again, is one of the reasons why when I saw what Rhode Island's doing with the the 33 licenses, I'm like, you shouldn't do that. It's just going to lead into court, and then you're just going to be in court for a whole bunch of time. Meanwhile, look what Oklahoma's doing. Look what New Mexico's doing. Look at what Michigan did. Look what Massachusetts is doing. Look what New Jersey's doing. Those are going to be the states that leave states like Illinois in the dust because you're just not going to be able to innovate or get into business. Uh, And then when you have this fixed licensing structure, what happens once the shoe drops and it's federally legal everywhere and it's no longer in the Controlled Substances Act, the market participants in states like Illinois are going to get killed because they aren't going to be ready for the the drop of costs from, I mean, it's it's one thing to make money, you know, uh, Verano, $202 million this past quarter. It's one thing to do it when you're selling it. And you're recapturing both. And so you're wholesaling it to your own dispensaries at about 30 to $35 per 3.5 grams. That is an eighth, by the way. And then you are retailing it for approximately 100% more than that or about 60 to $70. And that is pre-tax. That ain't the West Coast. You can go into the West Coast dispensary and get stuff for like 35 bucks. And so the wholesale prices out West are actually the retail prices. Um, I don't know. I'd say uh, East of Colorado. But that's awesome. And I was not expecting that to uh, be coming up. I really hope that those licenses are awarded. 
it's it just stinks. I mean, think about that. You put in Illinois did it backwards in the sense that you had to have a complete application uh, to get in. And so like they had to spend 70, 80,000, hundred thousand dollars to get this in. And then they changed it doing a lottery. And so then you had to spend that 70, 80, hundred thousand dollars to write your application. And then some people spent $1.7 million stuff in the lottery. And so, and now in the second uh, round that they're going to have this summer in Illinois, and if you need anything, you know, do, do give us a visit over at cannabisindustrylawyer.com. Love to help people out, you know, but you're allowed one application and that's it. So it's just one and done. Everybody gets a lottery ticket. They draw the balls. It's not the 915 that somebody stuffed in. And then if you look at what happened in Connecticut, a whole bunch got stuffed in over there. You look at what's going to happen in uh, Rhode Island, maybe the same thing. Same thing happened in Arizona. We had uh, Chris Martin on the show uh, on Sunday, and I really hope that you check that out. And then don't forget to check out our, uh, we have a Memorial Day show uh, this weekend. Uh, we're going to be celebrating with the the stoned vet. The stoned vet will be on. Uh, other than that, do I have a how-to cannabis? Man, I do. But the how-to cannabis section is going to be the webinar. Uh, and so if you haven't gotten our emails, go over to cannabisindustrylawyer.com, fill out that form to see if your team's qualified. You'll get subscribed to our email list, and then you'll be able to go to that webinar next Thursday, June 2nd. It will also be broadcast all over our um, networks. So like here, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, and then we'll really go through what we've built because we were closed for the first half of this month and we built that uh this new hybrid business model structure out so that we could really help a lot of teams get together, put together their corporate documentation. So it's right. And they know the deal and nobody changes their mind. And like, suddenly there's no deal. Anyway. Uh, and then put together their actual application and have a nice place where it's all uh, easy for everybody to interface with and to access. Hope that you guys are having a great week. I really do. And um, thank you so much for tuning in to another, unfortunately, me episode of Cannabis Civilization News. Big shout out to everybody, especially the guy who threw the 20 bucks on the channel. We really appreciate that. You know, um, it does help us get the message out a little more. We really aren't allowed to monetize much because what we do, unfortunately, is still illegal. But not with an attempt. That's legal. See you next time, everybody. Thank you,